It's certainly good to be in the Lord's house this evening. Uh, good to see everybody that's here. Good to be back in God's house. Glad to have all our visitors. And uh, we uh, shared with some of you that uh, God willing that uh, Brother Brian Holt to uh, be with us tonight. And we'd ask him to preach for us tonight. We appreciate Brother Brian being here. His wife, Sandy, and Brother Brian, a pastor down in Hebron, down on the other side of Columbus. He preached homecoming service. Uh, well, actually services. Preached both services up at Victory today. We're Brother Joe Crow, and we're glad to have Joe here tonight, too. But Brother Joe's a pastor, so Brian was up there today. So we appreciate these folks coming. Brother Dan Lawson, he's our missionary. Appreciate him. Got uh, Murphy in Denver with us tonight. Appreciate them. And uh, Brother Murphy, uh, another fine preacher. And I was telling Linda as we were uh, coming here to church tonight, and we'd had a chance to visit with Murphy in Denver a little at the house before we came this way. I said, I appreciate Murphy in Denver so much. I said, Years ago, when I pastored Pleasant View, uh, we spent uh, some time, a lot of time with Denver and Murphy, and they were so much help to us and help to me as I pastored. And they were a help to me, like so many folks that are here at Lima uh, have been a help to me uh, and, and are now, but have been a help to me for uh, about 49 years. That's how long I've been uh, back here at Lima. Uh, either this Sunday or next Sunday will be the 49th anniversary of that. And uh, so God's, uh, he's blessed us to have these folks visiting with us tonight. And uh, we're just looking forward to this service. And uh, glad to have Brother Eric uh, able to be with us tonight. And uh, uh, I want to read a passage of scripture. This is in the 107th Psalm. And uh, starting at verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And listen at this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And I'm glad that we still have people doing this, but I'm especially glad that when I was a lost boy, there were people that were doing this, were praising God and explaining how happy they were that they were saved and the mercy of God. And I'm glad that they were saying so. They were letting their light shine, and God used that to help me get to a point where I could get saved. And so let's all stand for a moment of prayer. As we pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for letting us be in your house tonight. And God, thank you for the day. God, thank you for all our visitors. And we just ask you to bless this service. Uh, God, help us tonight that we'll have a time of worship and we'll be able to worship you powerfully in spirit and in truth. We pray tonight, God, that you speak to people's hearts uh, that spiritually are in need. God, we pray that you just help us and direct us in every way. We ask you these things and we praise you in Jesus' name. And amen. And you may be seated. We turn over to the choir. Page 88. Page 88. I've heard of a land of joy and peace and wonderful life.
page 265.
thank the Lord for those good songs. I appreciate the songs and appreciate the choir and our substitute leader tonight. Appreciate Coop. And uh, let's all uh, let's all stand for just a moment. If uh, if you got an unspoken request, just show it by raising your hand. If you've got a prayer request on your heart or even a testimony or anything on your heart, you feel like the Lord wants you to say, you do that. Anyone? My uh, two daughters, they saved yet. Amen. Well, really remember that uh, in case you couldn't hear him, Brother Kurt said, pray for his wife and his children and says two daughters not saved yet he's got two sons that's uh, recently gotten saved and uh, I thank the Lord and uh, I've really had a burden uh, for the girls and been able to pray for them so let's let's pray for them uh, and uh, we'd like to see them Lord willing be able to be back here and uh, I believe God's at least uh, I believe he's speaking to them so that's between them and the Lord but uh, God's able to handle it. And so let's really pray they can come. I appreciate that uh, request. They've been a burden, really a burden on my heart. Someone else? Let's really pray for Brother Brian tonight. Uh, and uh, we realize this, and we talk about it a lot, but I want to mention it again, you know, uh, we thank God for God called preachers that humble our heart and God uses them to preach, but they're not in this by themselves, and, and the church is part of it. And when God hooks up the church and the preacher together and the spirit moves, that's when good things happen. And so let's just uh, let's pray for God to help Brother Brian lift him up tonight. And, uh, anyone else? Let's pray for all our lost and our people that needs to move up. Let's pray for them uh, and pray for our revival. Boy, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, our revival, God willing, start a week from tonight. And I'm, I'm excited. And, and uh, let's just really pray. Anything else? I want to say this. I think I mentioned him earlier, but our uh, our missionary brother Dan Lawson. I appreciate him. He makes a lot of trips, and comes down, and uh, I appreciate him. I'm going to ask him to lead us in prayer. Thank you. 
appreciate that. Let's keep praying. Who'd have a song on your heart tonight? Got a song to sing? If the Lord's wanting you to sing, well, just do that. Sing a song or songs. However the Lord leads, just do that. Anyone? If you like singing, you're sure welcome. If God's wanting you to, do it. Anyone? Let's pray for Barry. Try to sing this. Uh, I'd ask the church too to uh, pray for my uh, music teacher from my school days. Uh, she's been going through treatments for cancer, and I'd really appreciate your prayers for her. She's a sweet lady, and uh, uh, she's doing real good through the treatments right now, but, you know, she's got a lot to deal with. Uh, and I've said this before, and I, I like to say, I like to bring this to light. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad God healed me. I know, I know in life we face things like cancer and we get sick and there's certain diseases that come along. But there's a day. It, it hasn't happened yet. But I'm healed. God took that disease of sin and he took it out of my soul. Amen. And I was just a little boy. Amen. And I knelt down and yeah. I prayed. And I kept praying and then I thought, oh no, I can't pray anymore. And then the realization came to me, the reason I can't pray anymore is because I'm saved. And, and, you know, that burden left, and I stepped outside, and things were so beautiful. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all going to physically die. But if you're saved, you're, you're never going to die. I used to think of that, you know, people say, say that, uh, I'm going to cross that river. And after, uh, there was some preaching here. Uh, D, D preached, and he talked about the river, and uh, that river's death. God's going to take us across the river, but we're not going to touch the water. When Moses went across, it split, and it didn't touch him. And uh, death's not going to touch me. I'm, I'm healed. But anyway, let me sing this, and I'll get out of the way. <clears throat> Sometimes down here, all too soon I, all too soon we must part. But I won't leave the ones I love, a broken heart. My friends, someday if you can't find me, don't you worry, I know exactly where I'll be. If you don't see me tomorrow, look for me. In the morning, I'll be in glory with Jesus, my King. If you don't see me tomorrow, I'll be in that land where there's no sorrow. I'll be with Jesus in glory in the morning. You too 
can also do what I have done. Make sure of your trip to that home before setting sun. For there will be joy in the tears of those who weep. If you've said I'll see you in the morning before you sleep. If you don't see me tomorrow, look for me. In the morning, I'll be in glory with Jesus, my King. If you don't see me tomorrow, I'll be in that land where there's no sorrow. I'll be with Jesus in glory in the morning. Where there's no more brokenhearted, and the day has always just started, I'll be with Jesus in glory in the morning. Brother Barry in that song testimony. Appreciate it. Anybody else feel like singing? Wait for Kirk. Pray for me. Uh, I don't know if I can remember all the words. Uh, I have often prayed to God to heal a loved one, and I have pleaded on his touch upon their life. Pray for me. I've rejoiced with every prayer I've seen him answer, but sometimes I have to ask and wonder why. Why would God not choose to send his healing to a present saint? In the time of need. Oh, but I believe that just across the river, he's performing miracles I cannot see. Across the river, there is no sickness. Across the river, there is no sorrow on that shore. All my pain will be erased with one look on my Jesus face across the river 
will be healed forevermore. Glad that's true. Thank the Lord. Anybody else feel like singing? Brother Joe, appreciate it. It's good to be back this way. And uh, I was teasing Dan on the way down here and even Brian. I said, well, I'm done for today. I don't have to do a thing but sit back and pray. Uh, at least that's what I thought. <laughs> um, See, so a man that's going to preach the gospel has got to live with the gospel. Yeah. And, uh, if I want to ask someone to do something, uh, you got to be willing to do it yourself, too. So, um, if you know this song, you help me sing it. Um, you just pray. There's been times in my life when this way gets so weary and it seems like there's no refuge for me then i hear a still small voice seems to gently whisper cast your burdens and cares upon me he gives me peace in my soul when the storms around me rages. He guides my ship safely to the shore. He's always there anytime, any place. When I need him, he'll comfort you if you'll open the door. If you've tasted all the things that this world has to offer, and it seems like you haven't found what you're looking for, oh, my friend, you'll find it all on your knees at an altar if you accept him and open the door. He gives me peace in my soul when the storms around me rages. He guides my ship safely to the shore he's always there anytime any place when i need him he'll comfort you if you'll open the door Right it is. Amen. Anybody else? 
No, let's keep praying very earnestly. As I told you, I appreciate that Brother Brian Holt. He's pastor down at Hebron Missionary Baptist Church uh, down the other side of Columbus. That's where Cooper preached this morning. And uh, we appreciate Brian for being here. I want you to give your undivided attention. Uh, pray. Just give it all you can. And uh, Brother Brian, you come on. Just feel your liberty. I can certainly say it's it's been a good day in the Lord. Uh, we had a good service this morning. Just look forward to what the Lord does tonight. I just ask you to be much in prayer. I want to always be patient and wait upon the Lord. Uh, it's it's never about who's standing here. If, if, if you left here tonight and you never remembered my name, never remembered how I looked, but the Lord was magnified and the gospel was preached, I'd be 100% satisfied. Uh, I don't ever want it to be a part of me, and if it did, I'd set it aside and I'd go away because it's never been about me. There was nothing I could ever offer up. Uh, I, I, I was uh, just had this thought of maybe it was just homecoming, and funny thing is as I was studying this morning a little bit, and uh, I thought, well, we're going to Victory's homecoming, and the Lord laid this on my heart, and it didn't give me liberty to preach this at Victory this morning, and it, it gave me liberty, hopefully, that he'll preach this tonight, uh, because there's when the preacher shows up, is when God and his Holy Spirit moves throughout the camp. That's when the word goes out, not from me or anything. This is just these feeble lips just hoping to, uh, to be used. <laughs> so I covet your prayers. This is, this is very, uh, very familiar scripture. And uh, this was... I'll say it, I go all the way back all those years. The first message that the Lord gave me to preach was this exact text. And uh, I'll say this, maybe it'll be a little bit better, but I don't think as long as the Lord was in it then, he'll be in it now. So it might be the same. It, it's 20-something years, and I was young, didn't know, and stood there at Bethel on a Wednesday night, and uh, uh, the Lord allowed me to preach just a little bit. And so uh, I, I'm some 20-something years later standing here at Lima Missionary Baptist Church saying, Lord, just let me preach just a little bit. Uh, just let me stand and let me glorify you and magnify you, that they can see you, that, that souls may get the help they need. And if someone be here and lost, that they'll hear something that they realize they need to come home and be saved through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is in the second chapter, or the 15th chapter of the book of Luke. We want to start about the 15th verse. Well, I'm going to start at the 11th verse. It's, like I said, very common scripture. They've called it the prodigal son. And, and you know, I, I, I really enjoy this scripture. And I hope just see it just a little different. Uh, not different as anybody else just some things the lord showed this morning and and over time uh we'll just hope that we can uh get out of the way and let him show it to you like he showed it to me and he said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falleth to me and he divided unto them his living and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. 
Uh, I got to thinking about that famine. And, and when you reach that point of famine, that's starvation. There's no water. It's a dry and dead country. And I got to thinking about when I was 17, 18 years old and the gospel had been preached, but I wanted my portion of this life. I wanted my riotous living. I wanted to be out in this world and make my own way. I was set forth to do my own thing. And you know, I, I used to mow, I mowed grass and I had this big eastern Kentucky. I don't know where we ended up with it, uh, a yearbook and I cut the center of that out and put a little tackle box and I hid all my money in it. I put it up that one day I'd leave Dayton, Ohio and I'd go out in this world and I'd do what I wanted to do. And you know what I did? But the one thing I left out of that was God. I left that world. I left Dayton, Ohio lost and it lost as it could be. I'd heard the gospel. The gospel had been preached the likes of Joe Davis, Perry Blue. The gospel had been preached and I said, I want my part of the world. I want to go out. And before long, I found where I was at. I was in a dead and dying country. I was surrounded. Hey, buddy, when that famine comes, the gardens dry up. The orchards will. There's no fruit. There's no living in that country. That's where I found myself. I found things that I thought I enjoyed, but they brought about death. There was no hope in those things. But I got to do the things I wanted to do, or so I thought. I want to read on just a little bit. When he had spent there rose a mighty famine in the land, he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. He found out in that world that he so longed to be. He spent it just like that. And you know what? That's the same thing I found out in this world. There was nothing left. Just the riotous living and whatever. It brought no happiness. I was wallowing around in the pig pen. That boy right there. If you think of a Hebrew to waller around in the, in the pig pen. Buddy, he would have wanted to eat after the hog. Buddy, I'm telling you, when I was lost, I was dead set wallowing with the hogs. Wanting to eat after them. Buddy, I'm telling you, if you're here tonight and you're lost, you're wallowing in the hog pen. You say, preacher that's a bold statement buddy I can tell you cause I was there I wallowed right with it there was nothing to eat I would eat after the world I'd eat after the hogs that boy come to self he know there was no life he was starving O'Brien come to himself he was starving there was no nourishment there was no bread from heaven. There was none of that manna from the only God can give and that strength and that happiness and that joy. I was a starving. I was still chasing the world, wanting to wander my own way and going hungry. I had plenty of food. I think it shows. I never went too hungry. But buddy, spiritually, I was starving to death. I was right there in the hog pen, wallered up in it. And Terry, I tell you, for a lot of years, I liked the mud. These young fellows, and I, I've said this this morning, I appreciate your testimony. 
These young fellows would get up and bail on them. A lot of others would say, I was saved when I was six or seven years old. I told them up there at Victory this morning, at six and seven years old, I had no other thoughts in my mind but playing with army men and farm animals. And every now and then, taking a firecracker I bought at Jones's store and blowing up a little army soldier. That's where my mind was. And you know what? As I went a little further and the gospel was preached and I heard it, it wasn't that, that continual all of a sudden I turned my back on God. It was each little bitty step. It was moving a little further back in the church house. Get myself a little bit comfortable. Get a little bit where I get an edge and get a leg out that last pew and get out the door even before the invitation just so I could get out and wait in the car for mom and dad. And I told them we didn't have a normal church relationship. We were a holiday family. You know what a holiday family is? You'd have seen the Holtz. You'd have seen us at Christmas. You'd have seen us at Easter. We'd have been there. If they might have been a homecoming dinner, we might have been there, and I guarantee it'd have been Mom, because Dad was lost at the time. And we talked about that this morning. We give our young ones a little advice. My mom told my papa, she said, I'll get Ralph in church. And he told her, he said, he'll get you out of church. And for so many odd years, he was right. But now I'm glad to say that my dad come around and heard the gospel. I seen him saved in his late 60s. And so I've seen him, and then I've seen his older brother. And then I've seen his next oldest brother. And I've seen his next oldest brother. And that's how it works. One got in, and generation, generation, it went on through. And you know what? It might have been late in coming. But they've all been saved. So I don't have that normal. So when I heard the gospel, it might only been at a service on the holiday or the week. That didn't mean I didn't have opportunity. That don't mean that the gospel hadn't touched my heart. That doesn't mean that I had made the choice to serve the world and not God. And I told those folks there today, you have a choice to make. Now, you will not get out of that choice. You'll make it one way or the other. You'll either choose Christ and be saved forevermore or you'll reject Him and you'll have eternal hell. That's the only choices. And you know what? Those choices, what the choice you make affects your eternal consequence. You will be judged upon your choice. That eternal consequence, if you reject Christ, you'll make hell your home. You'll have opportunity. Buddy, the work has been done at the cross at Calvary that all would be saved and go free if they make that choice. My Savior is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to kick your door down. He's not going to force himself in. He's going to knock at your heart and he's going to say come and he's going to knock again and say come and he's going to be patient and long-suffering and knock on your heart and say come. You'll have every opportunity. But if you leave this world lost, you leave it by your own choice. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. How many of you say, folks in here, remember that time that you came to yourself? Now, I believe that feller came to himself in his heart. I had to come to myself in my heart. It didn't do me no good to come to myself in my thoughts. That wasn't going to help me. 
But one day, as I heard the gospel preached on the kinsman redeemer of Ruth, I came to myself in my heart and said, why do I struggle? Why do I starve in this dead and dying land when my Father in heaven has sent everything I need? I can sup at His table. I can enter into His banqueting house. His banner over me being love. But you think about that. He set the table and He's invited us in. Why would I want to waller in the hog pen and turn that away? I had to come to myself in my heart. The same choice. I bet every folk here tonight that's saved can go back to that time that you came to yourself in your heart. Some were young, some were old. That's the wonderful thing about this salvation. There's no timetable on it other than if you leave this world, die and leave this world lost. He's patient and long-suffering. He gives us opportunity. He gave me opportunity for 21 years. I told them folks this morning, some have steered away from hell and said it scared the children. I said, well, I was a 21-year-old man. Wasn't afraid of anything. We're going across I-70, and a drunk driver hit us and almost knocked us into a semi. And Buddy Terry, I knew at that moment that if I left this world 21 years old, that God had spoke to my heart and I'd rejected Him time and time again. I had walked out the back door. And buddy, I'm going to tell you, it may scare the kids, but I'll guarantee you, when God speaks to your heart and shows you where you're at eternally, it'll scare you. Because for tw- that whole week, I said it was seven days that I sat and I pondered that. And buddy, it worried me and it scared me. And I couldn't get sleep. So yeah, it may scare you. But I'll tell you, there's no scary thought that's been an eternity in hell when Christ has done the work that you can feast at his table and be saved evermore. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. I want you to think about this. They rose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His father seen him afar off. This fellow had done left home. That father had no idea where he'd went, what had happened, when he may come back, if he ever would come back, if he ever made it to where he was going. Terry, that father seen him afar off. Because that father was looking every day, night and day, for his son to come home. Just like when I was lost, he was looking afar off, night and day, looking for me to come home. He never broke stride, never broke his view. He was looking for me to come home. If you're here today and lost, your heavenly father is right there at the gate, afar off looking, waiting for you to come home. And all I can said, he ran and fell on him with compassion, put his hands and arms around his neck. He didn't say clean yourself up and then come before your father. He said just right there, there's my son I love him. But that boy come straight out of the hog pen. He had come straight in the rags he was wearing. His father said no word about clean yourself up. We'll talk about this later. He fell on him with compassion and love. But that day when God spoke to my heart he didn't talk about those 21 years. He was looking afar off and he fell on me with compassion and saved my soul right there. He didn't ask me what happened those years. He had love. 
He had looked. He was glad to see me come home. That, that was the joy. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. He had a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I didn't come to God boastfully saying, well, I'm finished with what I want to do, God. Here I am. I didn't say I'd just come to, to grace you with my presence. I come and say, God, save me just a poor sinner. I can't offer anything up. I've got nothing to offer you, but the Lord, just please save me. And you know what he did? He didn't ask me for anything. He didn't say, well, you've done this. You better get that taken care of. He saved me right where I was. Buddy, what had happened? Been forgotten from the point he saved me. My sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. He knew every sin I had committed, every sin I will commit, on out into the future. And Jesus' death upon the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection, the blood of Christ covered every single one. I'm telling you tonight, if you're here and you're lost, your sins are covered. You just haven't taken full advantage of the benefit. He died in your stead that you could go free. You don't have to carry this anymore. You don't have to have this worry anymore. The work's been done. He's saying, come to yourself. Not with this. Carnal minds of enemy with God what the Bible tells it. So anything this thing will think, it's the direct opposite of what God needs and wants from you. So we have to come to ourselves here out of our heart. Come to Him. That broken heart, that contrite spirit. Hey, Lord, save me. I'm just a sinner. And you know what? I come out of that situation eternally better. But you know what? I'm still just a sinner saved by grace. I don't have no great station or great no lot over anyone else. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. He saw me at my worst when I wasn't worth saving and said, I'm going to send my best to die in his stead that he can go free. And Christ done it willingly. Buddy, they say this or that. He come willingly. Buddy, I'm going to tell you, I believe it that he put his hands out. He said, is this good? Do you need me to stretch it a little further? If you need this a little more, can I get straight? for you I'm willing to go through this willingly we got a savior he wasn't drugged there his face was turned like flint but the father said to the servants to his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him Isaiah says he hath clothed me with garments of salvation he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness he put on his very best. He put out his widest garment and he put it on us. You know what? That's When I came and I accepted Christ, he met me right there. I didn't have to get to him. He saw me afar off. He didn't say clean yourself up. He clothed me with the garments of salvation. He placed on me that robe of righteousness. He gave me that. I'm now a joint heir with Jesus. That's how clean this eternal is. Now this flesh is still as bad as it ever was. I tried to do my best, but I just, you know what? It, it's what we're in. It's the shell we're in. He clothed me with that robe of righteousness. Cleaned up. Didn't say clean yourself up. He dressed me. And put a ring on his hand. In those days... When a king set forth an order, 
if he sent the person with his ring or the seal of his ring, what was written in those orders was unbreakable. They were the word and the truth. He put a ring on my finger. I want to read this. In, this is in Esther, in the 8th chapter. Write ye also for the Jews as is like you and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. That day, Terry, he put his signet, his ring upon my hand. No man may reverse. This is a binding contract between me and my Lord. There's no man can reverse it. There's no sin can reverse it. It's eternal. It's standing. I'm standing here with the robe of righteousness. I, t I told them this morning, I wish we could just open it just a little bit just to see how beautiful that is. And just when we get to walk a little bit in heaven, we get to enjoy just how beautiful it is. But I also said on the other side, if we can lift up the the smallest flap of hell and hear the scream and the torment and the want to be away from that place for just a second it would be just as strong he put shoes on his feet I was kind of looking for the word in Hebrew in the Old Testament for shoes well they, it's listed but it always refers to a sandal but the one thing it did refer to and this is the, the, the tense of the Hebrew word that was used in this yahef and that means without shoes in that tradition you break that on down was to come naked and shameless before your father. But yet he shod his feet, which was a binding. He shod his feet. That day he shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. I've been shod, and that shod goes back to meaning bound, bind. I'm bound to the gospel of Jesus Christ through and by what he's done. But he put that shoe on my feet. I'm bound through Christ, through what he did. I've become an heir and a joint heir. He, uh, uh, I didn't know all this when I got this, and I, I, I was just thinking, my goodness, at the benefits we can just, just pull out of this. He gave it to us all moment he saved us. You're saying, well, I ain't never been saved. Boy, would not be a wonderful night. Boy, tonight will be a night to come to yourself and your heart and say, I need what this guy's talking about. I need what God has poked to my heart. You know, uh, it's a, there's no better time. Uh, I, I, I told it this morning, I, and I, I keep going back to this morning, I, I, I was just thinking, what argument could you make to leave this church house lost if God has spoke to your heart? You stand naked before God with no argument in your shameless state. And you know what? You don't have to. You don't have to leave here lost. I want to go just a little further, and then we're going to close. It said, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. He killed the fatted calf. <laughs> he invited me into the banqueting house, Terry. 
and his banner over me was love. The table was set, it was prepared. The fatted calf has been killed. All the furnishings of heaven he gave me that day. And that, that father, he gave everything to his son that day. He withheld nothing. But in the day he saved me, God has never withheld a thing from me. Every benefit. Now I may not understand them yet. They may not have been shown to me yet. But I guarantee you, if we're here long enough and we're in prayer and we talk with God, he'll show us a little bit more each and every time. But buddy, the banquet's been set and those people were being married. Buddy, when a soul is saved and Terry puts it out, we had one saved here or we put it in Hebrew and we had one saved. Everyone makes married. There's great joy in the church. Buddy, there's another one will escape. We talked about it this morning. If there was just one. But I'll go further. If there was none and the gospel was preached in spirit and truth, I'd be happy. Now that ain't my goal. That ain't Terry's goal. That's what the church goal is, to see souls saved. But church, we need to be satisfied with what God's put on our heart and that his word is never doctored or adultered. There's so many today will say, well, if we just did this, more people might come. If we just do that, we might have a few more. I'm going to tell you, the salvation that saved me at 21 years old has been saving from the beginning, from the very beginning. Christ stood as a lamb slain before the foundation. If that plan has been in place from eternity, why would we need to change it? Why would we need to change the gospel? Who could you please if you did? If the gospel won't satisfy them, there ain't nothing in this world will satisfy them. Not a thing. Buddy, to those that are saved, when the gospel's preached, they say, well, how do you listen to that you say? Buddy, it thrills my heart to hear God's word preached in spirit and truth. Buddy, it thrills my heart to know that they may be a lost person that God is speaking to their heart and that they'd be saved and buddy if the gospel ain't good enough we might as well just wrap this up and eat drink and be merry because if the gospel ain't strong enough to save ain't nothing but I'm going to tell you this right now God said he'd give me the earnest of his Holy Spirit you ask me where my proof is buddy when you buy a house you say, I'm going to put earnest money. You're a serious buyer. You're bound into that contract. You've got skin in the game, as the saying is. I've got the earnest of God's Holy Spirit showing me what I've got. And one day, that faith will be sight, and I'll be with my Heavenly Father. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I'm not waiting until I get there to give him the perfect, more perfect praise. Buddy, I like it when heaven comes down and the church is moving and God's Holy Spirit's moving and we can worship him with that more perfect praise right then and there. I, I believe. I'm not going to wait to praise him. Buddy, he looked for me afar off. He seen me in my worst shape. He ran, embraced me, dressed me, put his signet upon me. I'm sealed and bound by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then... We had a banquet, and I've been able to pull up to the Lord's table and sup with him. Man, it don't get any better than that. If that won't draw folks, I'd hate to say what you'd have to tell them that would draw them. Because I'm going to tell you what, at 21 years old, and I'm just going to be honest with you, church, I'm, I'm not, I, I ain't nothing to hide. That's in the past. I like to drink. I like to stay out. I like hard rock music. I was as fur back out of it as I could. And you know what? I'm living proof 
Not this flesh you see living. Right down here. I'm living proof that his hand is not too short. That he can't reach wherever he at. He saw me at my worst and said, I'm sending the best that he'll go free. But that yearning that I had for all those years that I thought that I could fill with everything under the sun was filled with one simple thing. The blood of Jesus Christ being applied to my heart, my soul, to be saved eternally. Buddy, I'm not saying everything went perfect from there. But boy, I'm going to tell you, down on the inside, 100% perfection. Spotless, joint heir with Jesus Christ. This flesh has its ups and downs, just as we all do. The troubles didn't get wiped away. But buddy... There's those times when I can get alone with him and be in prayer with him. And God speaks to my heart. And we feel that earnest, that Holy Spirit, that proof in our heart. And that's great joy. There was never anything in this life that could fill the joy of eternal salvation. And salvation through Christ. Well, okay, I want to make sure I don't want to. All righty. If we get a song and stand. The Lord spoke to your heart, and you've come to yourself in your heart. Why not tonight? I love that song, Why Not Tonight? Why do we put off the things of God? I, I, I kind of shared it this way. If we go back into work Monday or Tuesday... I work in a school and my administrator sends me something. You better get this report from this kid and we need this or that. I'll rush to get that done because my, my superior at work has said he needs that. So why do we wait when God straight out of heaven sends an invitation to your heart and says come be saved evermore. Why do we put that on the back burner and say that's what we'll wait on. We'll wait on nothing else in this world. If we get hungry we go to a restaurant. If we get thirsty we get something to drink. Everything in this world if there's work needs to be done mowing the grass we'll tend to that. But when God speaks to our heart why do we clam up and sit back and say well not right now. Why would we wait? Buddy, knowing there'll be folks may not be here next week. That's just the truth. I believe it that there's people making plans for tomorrow that'll never see tomorrow come. You believe that? I may not make it back to Dayton, Ohio. But you know what? The preparation all the way back to 1993 that if Brian doesn't make it back, church house knows he'll be all right. You'll see him again someday. So why do we wait? What piece of evidence could you give me that would say it's beneficial as God has spoke to me to ignore that and go the other way? You will make a choice. Your choice is accept Christ and be saved, reject Him and be lost. That's your choice. Then we get to the consequence. Saved eternal life in heaven or rejection and eternal torment. And hell. You know what the true torment of hell is? There's no light there. There's no, the, so the knowing the time the gospel was preached to your heart every single time that God had spoke to your heart and knowing every single time that you turned him away that you had another time to do it or you might have next week or whatever else. There's people in hell right now. They know every time they turn the Lord away. That's torment. That's torment. Utter darkness. Separation from God for eternity. Knowing why you're there. I go as far as to preach that God ain't ever sent a soul to hell. 
They've sent it by their own unbelief and their own choice of rejection, the blaspheming of God's Holy Spirit. You realize when you reject the Lord as He's knocking to your heart, you're blaspheming God's Holy Spirit. You're calling God a liar. You're saying your Holy Spirit is not worthy to me to listen to that I'm going to let the devil get in this natural ear and give me every excuse and every reason why I should leave here tonight. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've done her. I've done her 10 or 11 years. You stand without excuse. There was nothing I put off that was worth waiting to be saved. It took me being saved to realize that. Now, I'll just be honest with you. But when it was showed to me, I thought, my goodness, Terry, what took me so long? Why had I turned this away? As they sing, if the Lord spoke to your heart, just come. He wants to save you tonight. He don't want you to leave here lost. But this is a whosoever salvation. Whosoever shall believe upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's why we're here. That's why the church has come together tonight. That's what these men across this front row and these folks out here are praying. But there's no judgment from our eyes. We want to see you be saved. You know how they said they made Mary? We want to make Mary tonight when one soul comes and be saved. If there's another, we want to make Mary. We want to enjoy this with you. If the Lord has spoke to your heart, He's saying just come. Just come. Are you 100% confident with the choice you've made? Are you 100% confident whether it be Christ or not? Are you 100% confident with your choice? But if you got that down in your heart that you've been saved or that God has spoke to your heart, you need to come and get that taken care of. Now, He'll save you right where you're at. I told them I didn't like crowds. It was a huge crowd that day. But you know what? This old backwards shy boy couldn't sit where he was because I wanted everybody to know what he'd done for me. I wanted everybody. I wanted to shout it from the rooftop. Some days I wished I still had that zeal. It's hard to get that back. He's just saying come. Just come. Everybody needs to come. Come on. Appreciate the message. If you're here and been saved, not in fellowship with God, you may need to come home and rededicate and get in a spot where you can thank Him like you need to. And if there's anybody here lost, you sure need to get saved. Amen. Say it. I'll say it again. I appreciate the message and his, Brother Brian was preaching and he was sharing his experience and uh, some of the examples of the scriptures that uh, uh, took me back to my own experience and uh, sure, sure made me think and uh, it was clear and I could go back there and well, I'm telling you, I'm glad that I know I'm not lost anymore, but I'm glad I can still remember how I felt when I was lost and praise God since I got saved, uh, God let me know that I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. I, I, like you said, 
God forgave me for my sins, past, present, and future. And so I appreciate that, and I appreciate Brother Brian. Uh, anybody got anything on your heart, something you need to do or say uh, before we come to a close? Good to be here tonight. And I appreciate, like I said, appreciate Brother Brian. If you ever down in the Columbus area, and especially if you're east of Columbus and you've got a chance to go to church at Hebron, it's a, a good little church. And I've been there a number of times, and every time I've been there, I've, uh, when I've gone away, I'm saying, Boy, I'm glad I got to be there. So, uh, anything else on anybody's heart? I do want to say this we've got a whole bunch of preachers here, and uh, I appreciate all of them. And, uh, I want you to all feel free to come back. And I want everybody to feel free to come back, but I want these preachers to feel free to come back and preach. And uh, so glad to have you. And uh, in just, just a minute or two, I'll ask for another song and explain this a little bit. This is our regular business meeting service. And uh, the way we customarily do when our worship service comes to conclusion, uh, we have a song to dismiss with. And, uh, that way anybody needs to leave or wants to leave, they can exit while we're singing the song. And then after the singing's done and folks have exited it needs to, uh, we come uh, to order for our business meeting. Now, I like to assure people we're not trying to run anybody off. Uh, you're welcome to sit and observe our business meeting if you'd like to. It's open. It's not secret. Uh, but we give people option if they feel like going out and not sitting through business meeting, want you to feel able to do that. Now. If you're here visiting and you want to fellowship or uh, talk some more or go out and get something to eat after service, you feel free to wait. To, if, even if you go out, uh, feel free to wait. And uh, when we get done, well, we can do that. Or if you want to wait in here, you can. But just feel free. But sing us a song, and uh, those that uh, want to exit can do so.